Welcome to this week's episode of Entrepreneurial Impact with Dave Donaldson and myself, Joe Martin, your two co-hosts. And uh, what I'm really excited about today is this uh, one of the books that I, I think has transformed and given me a lot of insight into leadership and management is Kim Scott's Radical Candor. So I uh, promise we're not getting any type of advertising or support uh, financially on this, but um, I had one of my mentors and coaches for a long time say like, you know, I think one of the things that we struggle with in leadership and management is communication, right? I don't think there's anybody, you know, you can go back to uh, Jack Welsh from GE talking about your number one job as the CEO is communication. And that when you think you've exhausted it, you just like scratch the surface. So um, what I bring up with uh, this discussion on radical candor is that you can, there's this whole like, Hey, I want to be nice, but I also have to say something that's kind of fierce. And what ends up happening is we care about people and sometimes our care for people um, overtakes the the need to be direct to give somebody feedback about something that can be life changing or to make them a better version of themselves. And then, but at the same token, if you don't care about people and you're trying to give fierce feedback, it comes off as just like harassment, for lack of a better term. I think that uh, I think today's episode really harps on the idea that. Um, accountability without a relationship is just harassment. And that when we go through some discussion points about like, how does communication as a leader to your, to your team member or your, 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 your call it, you're being a boss or whatever you want to call it is that in order to provide radical candor, you not only have to have, you have to care personally, but you also have to challenge directly and go through a couple of quadrants here. But I think it's helpful to be like, you know, I, I've been in this situation, Dave, I'm sure you've been in it. You're like, hey, I really care about this person. And because I care personally so much, I don't want to say this thing that might hurt their feelings. Or I don't care about this person at all. Hence, I'm going to tell them whatever I think. And that actually is detrimental to the relationship. So both cases where you, you don't give feedback or you do give feedback can be um, detrimental to progress and, and hitting your goals. No, you bring up a really good point about that. And, you know, whether it's been through an interview or people that you talk to and, and you say, hey, on a scale of one to 10, how honest can I be with you? Right. So you're asking for permission to be radically candid. How much of that is actually true? Because I think people fool themselves and say, yes, I want you to be direct and honest with me. So therefore, I'm giving you permission. But do they really want that? Right? So they're I think scared, or are they scared to say the alternative that I, I no, I'm not comfortable with that? So I think you go back to shoot. I think it was some some sports coach said this that um, the average person doesn't really want to hear feedback. They don't want to hear the truth. The good player wants to hear the truth, and the great player wants you to like not only tell them the truth but also give them every critical feedback that they're being like that they're not performing on so they can become better. Right. So I think yeah. when you're talking about feedback, like, and this is where you go into like challenge directly and care personally from Kim Scott's book is that you, if, if you really care about the person, you have to give them feedback because you want them to be the best version of themselves. And what I mean by this is like, let's use the analogy of going out to lunch or dinner, right? If I really care about uh, whoever I'm dating or one of my best friends or whoever I'm out to dinner with and I care about them and they get lettuce stuck in their teeth. I care about them personally, but if I don't tell them, Hey, 
you've got lettuce in your teeth or you just walked out of the bathroom, you got toilet paper stuck to your shoe. Because if I fear that they're, they're going to take this feedback and be negative, then I'm not going to tell them, but I'm actually detrimental to who they are because it's going to be embarrassing when, when they get caught in public with those things going on. So I think there's a, there's a fine line of how do I care about you? And if I don't actually tell you the truth to make you better, like I'm actually not, I actually don't care about you. I'm actually doing the opposite. Relationships take time. If you meet somebody the first time and you're to whatever degree you're working with somebody where you find yourself in a situation to provide that type of feedback and accountability, how do you either a just blankly buy into that or b establish trust for those that aren't, aren't there yet, right? Because personality wise, you can take them through the process of trying to help identify who they are, right? But it's still very early in your relationship. Couldn't that relationship struggle? Early Ooh, this is a good one. This is a good one. And you're probably going to get a, a response from me that's not going to resonate with the majority of people. But it's what I'm I got to tee you up. It's okay. Right. Um, so here's my thought on that one. Going back to like excellence doesn't care about how I feel. It's because I'm so committed to the the outcome or the performance or winning or whatever you want to call it that like I know for me if someone that I have no relationship truly comes and says like, you sucked at this or you're better than that or whatever it may be personally, because I'm so self-aware, I already know that I underperformed. So like when they give me feedback, I'm looking for the truth, but also how to get better. So even if I don't have relationships with somebody, I'm self-aware and mature enough to realize that whatever they just said to me is a hundred percent true, right? That they're actually coming and saying as a coach, because think about this on sports teams, right? I'm using a sports analogy when maybe we get into like, you know, a symphony, right? And you got like, you know, wind instruments and, and brass instruments and all that kind of stuff is that if you come in as the brand new player and you actually want to perform, like you're going to step in there and the, the maestro at the front's not going to slow down and try to build a relationship to tell you you hit the wrong cue. They're going to say, hey, dude, gal, you hit the wrong cue. And if you're actually a competitive player, you're going to be like, yeah, you're right. Right. And I, I get that people need to be recognized and relationships and all that kind of stuff. But frankly, in the world, they, the world doesn't give out participation awards. Right. So sometimes you don't have the luxury to build up the relationship. It's kind of like if you're in, I don't know, an airplane and it's going down and there's a pilot that's hurt and I might, and I might be in the driver's seat and I got no idea what the hell I'm doing. So I got to listen to the pilot. I don't need, I don't have the time to build a relationship with the pilot and how he delivers his bedside manner and how I fly this plane. So I think like part of it on when you talk to feedback and this isn't even in Kim Scott's book is that the part of feedback that makes feedback acceptable or even received well is actually not the person that delivers feedback. It's the person receiving it. The person receiving the feedback actually has to be self-aware enough that realizes that like not everybody's out to get me, but every piece of feedback you get, whether or not you like it and feel good about it is, is irrelevant. You have to take the feedback and say, is this accurate? Taking my ego out of it, taking all that kind of stuff. Now you're hundred percent right in long-term relationships. So when you're in a business, say you want to go and be a business with somebody more than five years, you can't just have terrible bedside manner. That's not going to work. You have to have a relationship. So I think it's also, it's, it's, it's contingent on the environment, but at the same point, if I start a relationship where I'm constantly coddling at the front end, 
the person's never going to actually understand that there's standards and there's performance and there's actually exclusivity at the top. And I think when, when winning, winning is so amazing because it's so it, winning owes you nothing, but it's also the best feeling in the world. So the moment you win, it gets fleeting because you got to start the whole thing over again. And I think this is where, when we talk about feedback, the idea behind feedback, and if someone's giving feedback totally just to demise you, they shouldn't be in leadership. So I'm talking about the people that are actually good leaders and want to be in leadership and want to help people, right? That you have to be able to give feedback because frankly, we all have blinders on. So like things that I've done my entire life, I don't even know they're detrimental. I had somebody say to me, hey, look, Joe, I know you're trying your hardest on a, on a Zoom call when I first started in a regional leadership position. And they said to me, hey, your tone comes like, kind of comes off as um, dismissive and condescending. I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, thank you for telling me that. I had no idea. So and, and the person that told me that I didn't have any relationship with them. But I was like, they've got no reason to try to cut me down. And I had no idea that I was doing this certain thing on a speech. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just get rid of that then. So I'll just you give you that live example. Of that, by the way. Yeah. No, I don't know. I can't, there was like multiple people that said to me, I was like, I had no idea. So like feedback is actually good for people with like blinders, right? So. <clears throat> and now, look, you touched on some really important points, right? Like, there's the directness, right? Of saying, hey, this is all. But it's the delivery of the directness too. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're not, and from the books, it talks about obnoxious aggression, right? Coming at it from the wrong way. And it's usually because that person is getting it from somebody else the wrong way, right? Yeah. Or well, they're, they're, they're yeah. not completely comfortable and they're not getting the results that they need to perform and they're redirecting it onto somebody else. Yeah, they're totally displacing and they're taking it. It's kind of that whole idea that angry people hurt other people and it's usually not that. It's usually something else that's going on and they just kind mm -hmm. of, just perpetuate the vicious cycle. So I think like for everyone listening, like we fr we've, we framed up a couple different concepts of like, honestly, for feedback to work, it's got to be the recipient. The 75% reci of feedback working is the recipient. So if you're a leader, a lot of the times you have to teach your people what feedback really is, why you're doing it, what your intent is, blah, and how they need to receive it. And you might even have to have them read some, some books on their own so they have self-discovery processes, right? So in any organization, part of it is, you got to get your your people that you're leading uh, self-aware enough to realize their strengths or weaknesses, where they want to go, what they want to develop. And a part of that is the leadership development of people. And then the second part is you have to have a, a uh, it's a word I'm looking for, but it, it'd be a reputation that precedes you. Now, sometimes when you're starting off, you got to form that and do all that kind of stuff. But at some point, you're going to have a reputation of like, what do people say about you when you're not in the room about your leadership styles, your impact, your development of people, your legacy, right? So at some point, once people know what your come from is, going back to your point, Dave, is that like people have to know what your intents are. And if you can, if you have track record or you have other people telling your story, they know that, okay, then this leader's got a really good intent. So like, I'm not going to question the intent when they give me feedback. And then the great leader is going to figure out ways to deliver that in a way that's receptive to their person. And what I would say is that sometimes people worry about their delivery. And honestly, there's sometimes that you just need to say it and just be like, look, no one else is going to say it to you, but I'm going to say it to you because I care. And one of the signs that you care is that people say stuff that might be controversial or other people wouldn't say because they feel I don't want to hurt the person's feelings or I don't know if that's my place or whatnot. But like, you know what? I'm not saying this piece of feedback to hurt you because I get nothing out of it. It's literally for you to be aware of it. And that's your that's my gift to you. If you want to like unleash that gift, then great. If not, so be it. It is what it is. So those are all frameworks and like a foundation to understand how feedback 
and in this case, radical candor works is that in this discussion by Kim Scott is that there was like four quadrants and the access is, so when you look at the X and Y axis, you have vertically, you've got care personally. So if you had the vertical like quadrants, right? So you had one, two, three, four, like you normally see, your vertical quadrant is care personally and your horizontal quadrant or horizontal line is challenged directly. So radical candor is best delivered when you're in, I care so much about this person and I'm going to challenge directly, right? That you're basically, my, my come from, my intent is high because I care about you as an individual and I'm also going to challenge directly, meaning there's a lot of times that people are passive aggressive or they hint at something or they leave it ambiguous, right? That the, the goal of the leader is to make sure your message is concise, short, direct, and there is no interpretation on it, right? That like, I know from my work that the biggest challenge I have is someone says, I didn't understand, I didn't know, they didn't tell me, whatever it may be. I don't know why this is like a constant thing inside of leadership. Like if you're a leader, you've got outcomes, you've got deliveries, you've got things you gotta get done. Why are you being ambiguous? Like, are you basically saying, hey, I want you to make a decision, but I'm not going to make a decision because if I make a decision and I'm wrong, my my report to you is going to blame it on me. So in order to avoid that, I'm going to be ambiguous. That doesn't make it like now we're just playing the circle game. So my point is challenge directly. So if you see something happen, feedback is best when it immediately happens. Right. So think about most of us that are in sales. You've done scripting. Well, if I'm in a script off with Dave and he knows me. He's probably not going to push me as hard as I need to be. But if I'm going to script off with a live client, I'm going to get live feedback. So it's actually, if you think about direct feedback, it's saying, hey, Dave, uh, you're my supervisor. I want you to listen on this call that I'm going to make to Susie. And I'm going to make this call, this cold call or whatever it is to Susie. And as soon as I hang up with Susie, I either got Susie's appointment or I didn't. When I hang up, the best type of leadership with radical candor is that when I get off, Dave, you flat out say, Great three. These are the great three things you did on the call. Here's the two things that kind of sucked. Here's how you make them better. And now as the as the the, the the team member, I know exactly where I stand. I know I was great at this thing. I could improve on this thing. And you gave me feedback within 30 seconds of me doing the call. That's called challenging directly because there is no gray area. There is no gap Like you literally I know that you care enough about me that you want me to make the sale that you're going to give me feedback that somebody else might not want to give, but you know that by giving me the feedback, I'm going to be better on the next call. That's radical candor. So go and, ahead. I don't know if you guys No, I, here's what I actually kind of love when we kind of get in these book breakdowns a little bit, you know, that we've worked together for a while and I know how your mind works, but now I'm kind of really kind of getting the source material for some of this, right? Which I've always appreciated. Uh, are your candor with me about how we look at things and now looking at this and but you covered a couple of, of important elements here right you can be direct but there's a right way to be direct right that delivery right staying in the right spot right because you have the ability to be direct and not cause any harm at the same time sympathetic to what's going on but bringing them back to this is what we need to focus on right that's a skill Right. And that's a skill that's developed through two way communication and feedback and practice. But you do have to be self aware as to how am I delivering my message and is it being received? You brought up a really good, I didn't even think about this. So, right now, and one is 
the stuff we're talking about is not like an innate ability. It's not like you wake up one day and you have it. It's like truly reading, practicing it, implementing it, messing it up, saying, apologizing that, hey, that wasn't my intent. This was my intent. I'm sorry I delivered it wrong and truly making an attempt to fix it, right? Because I've had situations where I've had bosses apologize about their behavior, but they never actually change it after the first time they did it, right? So there's one thing to apologize, but never actually make any progress, right? Here's another thing that I think is a really good tip and trick in like feedback and radical candor and caring about people. Attack the activity, never attack the person. So I think that's kind of the way around I've kind of been trying to ask this because when we let up the beacon, I said, hey, there, I've had people say, hey, can I be direct with you about feedback or this, that, or the other? But giving them permission to be direct about feedback is not giving them permission to direct to be an ass. Yes, I 100%. Yes. Quote, and then, quotes, okay? Yeah, you know, you're, you're in like, it goes back to the whole thing is that intent relationship pre predates how someone receives the information. Now, don't get me wrong. There are certain times where you, you, I don't care about whether or not I get a relationship with you. There's certain things that are just going to be said because like it's mission critical. Right. And, um, on top of that though, is I think it's very important for people. Do you see this with kids, right? Is that you don't say bad boy, you say like, or bad girl or whatever it may be when you reprimand your kids, you want to say, hey, that activity was wrong, right? There's subtle nuances in communication, whereas if you attack the activity, so for instance, when I was going through that conversation about like feedback on the script when you're making a cold call, I'm not saying that you're terrible at cold calls. I'm saying this piece of the cold call was great. This piece of the cold call could be improved on. I know you're capable of doing this. Do this next time, you will be better. So it's always attacking the behavior, the activity, and never attacking the person. And I think that's really important for people to like, because sometimes we get so tied up in our identity that when someone says, you're a bad cold caller, you hear, I'm a bad person in my job. As opposed to, you're not, your, your comment on here is not a great comment because it's not going to get you the outcome you're looking for in the sale. Hence, you need to change this part of your conversation. So when you separate the person to the activity, you actually get better results because now you've given, you, you've named the thing that needs to improve as opposed to saying, you're, you, Dave Donaldson, are not a good cold caller. No, I guarantee you I could teach Dave Donaldson how to be a great cold caller. I got to give him the skills and activities for it. So when you separate the two, you actually can get better feedback and the person's going to receive it better. And you have to allow for time for that transition to happen too. Right, just because you say something once, okay, run with it. No, there's going to be failure forward in that, and because you're creating an uncomfortableness for what that person's trying to change about themselves. But living there with them, not letting them off the hook about what they're trying to accomplish, not hiding ambiguity around different things when they're not giving you a direct answer, right? Mm -hmm. Coming back to that, and then over time, it might be sooner than sooner. But more likely, it's going to take a little bit longer, but you have to allow for that. Yeah. And I think like, so going back to like our <clears throat> X and Y's accesses of care personally and challenge directly is that obviously the ideal quadrant is to care personally and challenge directly because now you've got high levels of personal connection with the person and direct feedback. So there's no ambiguity. You're, you're efficient and you're, you're giving feedback in a way that's going to make them better. Right. Yep. So great. That's number one quadrant. Well, here's what happens when you get into like, I care personally, but I don't challenge directly is that, well, I'm going to be silent 
because I care about his feelings or her feelings so much that I just, you know, I care about the, the, the feelings and relationships so much that I'm just not going to talk about ways it could improve, right? This is kind of like, I say to my, a lot of analogy on this one is like, I love my grandmother that passed away several years ago, but like Roseanne was diligent about manners. So like, if you care about a person, but then you don't get feedback that, hey, you don't use your left hand when you're using a fork or whatever it may be in manners, because here's your napkin, here's your fork, here's your knife, here's your whatever. Like by me saying, oh, I don't want to hurt Dave's feelings about his manners. I'm actually not actually caring about him because the moment that he goes outside the house, he's going to be embarrassed because somebody's going to be like, that doesn't know Dave, be like, he eats like a Neanderthal. Right. I mean, you're from Philly and you guys have cheesesteaks. I'm sure you have eaten like Neanderthal. But like my point is, is that if I care about you personally and I don't bring up something that's going to make you better, I'm actually I'm actually like setting you up to fail, which is not cool. Right. And then the next one is you just have no person. You have no personal relationship with them. And you're just like, well, this is the right way to do it. And I'm just going to tell you how it is. And you get those certain people. Well, I don't have a filter or. I'm a high D or I'm very assertive or whatever the excuse is. And they use that as the reason to be an asshole. Right. And you said it earlier. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're about to like, you know, I did this to um, forget. I did this to my, 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 my middle child. He's he tends to be the freelancer of the family. Like I wasn't going to coddle my message when he was running to the street with a car coming. No, there was like point blank, a hole tone comes out. But like you can't opt. There's very few and far between where you can just be that direct. Right. So if you just constantly live in a place of yelling at people and criticizing and whatnot, you're going to be in a dark place. All the people around you are in a dark place and just not a good place to live at. And then everyone's going to say, well, you're just an a-hole and I don't want to be around you. Right. Then there's the real bad one, which is no personal care and no challenge directly. Because if someone's really high care and personal, they actually have a value that I care about you. And if they're really challenged directly, they care enough about whatever's going on to say it, right? So you have to care, to challenge directly, you have to care enough to say it, no matter what the, the difficulty is. So the real, the, the worst place to be in is to give no personal cares about it and to not challenge directly. Because what you're doing is you're just pocket vetoing the thing. And what you're doing is, the, the book calls it manipulative insincerity. So basically I don't care about you and I'm just going to tell you whatever you want to hear. So you leave me alone and I fake that I'm on your side. And then not only am I going to fake that I care about you, you might be walking over a railroad track and I'm not going to challenge directly about what you're doing. Cause now I'm waiting for you to get hit by the train. That's the best way I can describe. Like when someone totally disengages, doesn't care personally, doesn't want to say anything or give their opinion because they've given up caring. And that becomes manipulative in the, in the team, in the environment, because you th they're not actually telling you what they think and they don't care. So you're sitting there, they give you, yeah, 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 sure, Dave, sure, Dave. And then all of a sudden, massive collision happens. You're like, hey, why, Dave, why didn't you say anything? And they're like, well, I actually really didn't care. And frankly, I was waiting yeah. for you to blow up anyway. Right. So like that, that, that's really like, if, to make it like to break it down and make it funny. Like that's what it is. So that's why when I, this great book on communication feedback and how do you like develop people, you have to care about people. And if you're in a leadership role and you don't care about people, probably go find another role. And then if you struggle with the directness, figure out a way to obviously respect the person. There's tons of ways to do this. Usually attacking the, the, the behavior or the activity is the best way to do that. 
but do it in a way so the person understands the reason I'm giving you feedback on here, because when you correct this, this is the skill set you get. This is the opportunities you get. This is who you become. And as your leader, I care more about who you become on that journey, because by you accomplishing the business goal, you get skills and experience and confidence that will, you will pull into every future activity you get into, which is why caring about people and being able to give them feedback at the same time is so important in leadership. And you look at the accelerative growth that happens from that, right? Because once you get into that that space where trust is there, right? Accountability is there. The directness and approach is is going both ways. Now you've overcome those obstacles and those hurdles. You're saving time by focusing on what's important for the growth goals of the the person, the organization, whatever that structure is. And you're just moving at a much rapid pace. It doesn't mean there isn't time for education and training and course correcting, right? However, you're not mired in the muck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I think this was a really good conversation just on communication, feedback, and leadership and development, a whole lot of different areas of leadership that I've really enjoyed. And it's been a journey of mine because I've not been perfect at it, but I've had a lot of great mentors and people that are willing to go on that journey. So um, I want to say, hey, thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. Before you, we tune off here, give us a follow, give us a like on the podcast, not only on Spotify and Apple, and also follow us on Instagram, both of them you can see. I've got my uh, handle is jmartin561. And Dave, I think yours is what, Triple D? What, what do you got for social media handles these days? We'll put that in the comments. So Dave, yeah, we're, we're getting them off of MySpace. So all of our subscribers and listeners, we're very happy that Dave has finally gotten off of MySpace. Yeah, and uh, so there's that. But anyway, thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, really appreciate your following. And tune in next week to Entrepreneurial Impact. We'll even have more content for you. 